0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Um, when Darla asked me to be tonight's speaker, I was a little, well, actually, I immediately said no. I was like, eh. I don't like steps two, three, and 11. And um, I don't really know where I am in my spiritual journey. And um, a couple of days later, she wanted to confirm to see if anyone, if she needed to find someone else. And I thought, you know, actually, I wouldn't mind talking about this because um, OA is somewhat forcing me, like, I know I wouldn't have to do this, but I feel like being in OA has giving me an opportunity, let's put it that way, to um, look at how I want to view spirituality in my life. And I think for a long time, I was against being spiritual in any way because of uh, some really difficult years I had in my religion. Um, when I was 16, I joined a church that my ex had um, My then boyfriend, my now ex-husband was attending and I became involved and I got deeply involved and it it became a thing where my type of religion, my type of Christianity, just to be clear, um, my type of Christianity was the only type. And if you didn't speak in tongues and if you didn't prophesy or accept prophecy, um, if you weren't open to um, the Holy Spirit moving in your life, if you didn't commune directly with God, just all of these things that I had somehow either decided or had been taught that was the correct way to be. If you weren't doing it that way, that meant you were doing it the right way at all. And you might not even be a Christian. So for a long time, I didn't believe that you know, just because someone said they were Catholic or even Lutheran or whatever, just because they said they were something didn't mean they were actually a Christian. It just meant that they belonged to some kind of religious ideology. Um, I, the years that I spent in that church, it ended up being about five years and my ex and I ended up moving away, but for about five years, um, we're very heavily into the uh, man is the head of the house, and um, the woman has to submit to, well, not only her husband but church leadership. And um, I didn't have to only submit to my ex-husband, but I had to submit then to his dad, like his dad's authority in the family. And um, speaking up for myself was looked poorly upon by his dad and once when his mom was inspired to speak up for herself he just quickly smashed that down it was super fast um i was i was i became very small as an individual because my personality my beliefs my individuality it didn't i mean my beliefs existed but personality individuality didn't really exist i was who my church and my ex and my ex's family molded me to be. And I spent a lot of time separating myself from my family, not to the point where I cut them off, but I, I certainly made them feel horrible about how I felt about them. I, was, I treated them horribly, I alienated them with my behavior. And so even though I didn't, I didn't cut them off, it was the, the place I was in was very cult-like in a way where it was very insular and everyone else was wrong and bad and evil. And, um, and then my ex and I moved to Bible, Bible school when we were young and went through Bible school and through all of these years, a total of now eight years, Um, Everything was do as you're taught um, and you have to be perfect. Um, There's, you know, there's no grace, um, despite the fact that we were supposed to be not a legalistic system. Like we weren't supposed to be about rules is about, it was about, (laughs) um, it was about a relationship with Jesus. It wasn't, it wasn't though. It was very, there was a lot of control. We were involved in a church where we literally had to, um, tell them our income so that we could, they would know we were actually giving 10% of our, our, of our income for the tithe. Um, they would call us if we missed a week. And if we didn't have a good enough excuse, there would be repercussions. We were forced into service to be a member of the church who had to serve so much. And it was just really bad. Um, unbeknownst to me, after we got out of Bible school, my ex had started a journey of deconversion. And, uh, we spent three years in Dallas after Bible school and about two years after that. So about five years after Bible school ended, he finally came out to me as a non-believer and I was devastated. Oh my God. I was balling my eyes out and I thought my life and my marriage were over. I didn't know if I could stay married to him. Um I thought I was going to have to divorce him and get a good Christian man to raise my kids with and um it really like literally shook my world. Um I uh the next day after he told me, I grabbed my Bible and my prayer journal. And I was like, I'm going to get to know you God. And I haven't read the Bible since, (laughs) Um, I very quickly decided that I wanted to choose, um, my ex. And here's the thing on the night he came out to me, he was like, you never have to leave your beliefs. You know, I don't need you to change anything. Um, and he had he had actually been changing quite a lot. In the previous years, he was very much um, we're a partnership. There's no head of the house kind of stuff. He had really changed a lot, and um, he was like, "If we're going to be a couple, who one is a, one of us is an unbeliever, and one of us is he's like, I'm totally fine with that. You do whatever you want to do." But I didn't want to have difficulty in my marriage, um, and I stopped reading the Bible. I didn't really stop praying because I don't know if I was hedging my bets or if I just really didn't want major parts of my life to be fake or false. I didn't want to believe that I had given uh, literally my heart and my mind and years of my life to something that didn't exist. The idea of that was, I think, terrifying. My son was going through, um, some epilepsy and one day, um, we had, he had a 20 minute seizure. We had to take him to the, to the OR. And I sat there, I sat there praying and I was like, God, if you exist, this is a really, really good time for you to show up and do something and take care of my kid and, um, where I used to prophesy and speak tongues and hear directly from God, there was nothing. It was just absolute silence. And it really uh, was kind of a, a, okay, okay. It was a moment where I was willing to accept the inevitable honestly it was going to be inevitable because eventually my I, I was able to read and talk to people who were non-believers and um one of the big things for me was the truth of the bible and there were so many parts of the bible eventually i was willing to say well that's just like real shitty of so and so to do or that's really shitty of god to do or just there were so many things so many holes and i couldn't I couldn't believe in it anymore. And if you stop believing in the Bible, the whole thing just falls apart. Um, It's all based on that one book. And I spent a couple of years slowly kind of letting my really strict beliefs about things like, um, oh my God, a lot of things. Now I'm having a hard time thinking off the top of my head of what they were, one thing that never really made sense to me was the whole gay marriage thing. Cause I've known I was bisexual since I was 16. And so I thought to myself, I've never, never made sense that the whole God didn't like gay people thing. Cause if I was kind of half gay, then, then that just didn't make sense to me. So that was never a thing, but all of the things that I held as fast and true just kind of didn't make sense anymore. And one day I was, I was messaging with a friend and he said, why wouldn't you call yourself? Why won't you call yourself an atheist? Cause I was claiming agnosticism at the time. And I said, I think it's because I'm holding on to this idea, this, this comfortable idea that there's something out there that will take responsibility of whenever I fuck up, you know, there's some kind of big thing that will catch me when I fall. And, um, once I realized that that was the only reason, I was like, well, I don't really believe in God. So I guess technically that makes me an atheist. And that was now 10 years ago. And I just realized that a couple of days ago that I've been um, going through this journey for, of deconversion and being a non-believer for 10 years. And like I said, in the beginning, I really struggled for, for the last nine and a half years plus. Yeah give or take a month or two, um, to let any kind of spiritualism enter my life because I was just so, uh, so put off by everything I experienced and had to go through lots of therapy to get over. I didn't want to get anywhere close to that, but I was reading and I did grab it. Dang it. I was reading the alternative steps book. Um, and in step two, it talks about spirituality doesn't have to mean a higher being. It doesn't have to mean religion and that people have found spiritual, like spiritual experiences in nature, in people. And I remember when I moved up here after my divorce in 2015, And I would go out every day and run. And we have great paths in Minnesota, wonderful paths. And so I would run the paths outside. I moved up here on May 31st. So it was the beginning of summer and the weather was wonderful and the sunshine coming down and everything was so green and the birds singing and all the other little critters I could hear or see on my runs. And whenever I was out there, it was very peaceful. Now, granted, there was pro- it was problematic because I was running every day and I was restricting food. But, but the being outside, um, I always found a lot of peace there. And so, when I read that in the alternative twelve steps, I um, I was like, yeah, that's a thing that's a thing. I really feel at peace outside. I really feel connected to something bigger than myself. And I was talking to my therapist about this last week when I told her I was doing the speaking thing. And another thing I mentioned is that I really feel hope. Like it talks about what gives you hope and what gives you um, peace. And um, I really find a lot of hope when I see young people working for something that they want to improve in the world or working for bettering the lives of others and so when i hear stories like that of Malala suzai yes yeah i think um when i hear stories about the group from um that high school in florida where that shooting was um and I mean, they made it to a national stage and they were able to really speak out and things like that give me hope for the future. Oh, and then there's that wonderful young woman from Scandinavia, whose name I is I am forgetting right now, um, who speaks out on on climate change and she gives me hope. And so I feel as if now that I, have started thinking in different terms, where spirituality doesn't mean being religious. And I have a friend who's spiritual and she likes chakras and she likes um, spiritualism in the way I used to think of it, where in the, the kind of like Eastern terms, Eastern spiritualism kind of terms that I used to find evil. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I've, I've not wanted to get spiritual too, is because spiritualism to me for a long time was just, was bogus or wrong. And I don't know if maybe I've let all of that go, but the way she was talking about it was interesting to me. And I've heard about other people's journeys in OA, and I find that I'm really, um, I really like listening to people speaking about it because it does seem to be one of those things that's very personal and is different for everybody. And I like that. It gives me, it gives me more freedom to make my spirituality, my own. It, it's nice that I don't have to, um, follow anybody. um, if I don't want to, there's no, there's no, church rules that I have to get into there's nothing like that um and that makes me really happy um and so for the first time I think in a very very long time the idea of me being spiritual or having something spiritual in my life makes me happy versus upset angry um, Cringing, literally, um, and I—I I think it's due to intense therapy. I think it's due to being finally more open to other people's experiences, and um, OA has actually really helped with that a lot, a lot. And so I owe—I already three, four months in, owe OA a lot. Um, and with that, I'll give up my last three minutes. Thanks, everybody.